Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome, the boys and I, and Becky and Vinny, all welcome you to this edition of Winchester Radio. Uh, we're going to talk and be talking about the second episode of Season 11 called Form and Void. It was written by Andrew Dobb and directed by Phil Sagrisha. I'd say very well directed by Phil Sagrisha. There were many nice moments in this. Um, I liked it. I don't think it's my favorite episode by Andrew Dobb. Certainly not my least favorite by him, but um, but I did really like it. Um, we do not have a guest this evening, so perhaps uh, later on, after we have a chance to talk about it a little bit, if you all want to call in, ask questions, or or mention things about the episode, that would be great, and I'll mention the call-in number then. Um, I'm not sure why this episode was called Form and Void. I mean, I understand the terms, but I'm not sure how it relates here. Um, yeah, do you guys have any, have any idea? Because I think it's a void. Well, I figured the void was in reference to Billy saying that she would that they would throw Sam and Dean into the empty instead of sending them to heaven or hell. And mm-hmm. I assumed form was because Amara is taking form, changing form. Oh, that could be. Okay. Yeah. I figured. I I mean, that's my attempt at making sense of things. I, To be honest, I don't know. I mean, I thought last week's title um, was made perfect sense. <laughs> and I, I like and to be honest, I'm like, I like it. But, eh. To be honest, I, I didn't like the title of last week's because I don't like overly long titles like that that are kitschy. <laughs> like, it's overly long and kitschy. So I don't mind overly long if you've got, like, what is and what should never be. That makes sense. Uh, monster at the end mm-hmm. of the book that made sense, mm-hmm. but it was too much of like out of the frying pan into the fire. I did just no, don't don't reword things and then make them wordy. Mm-mm. Not for a title, <laughs> but I mean, okay. no, I liked it. I mean, yeah, I, I get that, but I, I I didn't mind it. I liked it. Um, it's gotten to the point where I don't I. There's so many episodes that beyond season, like, four, mm-hmm. most episodes I just refer to as by number now because it's it's so many names. And I'll be completely honest, season eight, I, nine, ten, and now I don't even pay attention to titles that much. Yeah, oh, there's some that stand out to me because I love them so much. But, yeah, and it's not only just, it's not only supernatural, but it seems to happen to me in every show, even if I love it. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. After a certain point, I'm, I'm done. Buffy, forget it after season four or five. X-Files, forget it after season four or five. I, I just, you know, it's the one oh, yeah, with... it's definitely not just supernatural. It's plus. every show that gets, every show that yeah. gets into, like, six season plus, I can't mm-hmm. do it. I just, my brain shorts out. It gets to where I do it, like, Friends episode titles, you know, the one with. That's mm-hmm. basically the one. It, mm-hmm. oh, that was the one where Sam did blah, 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 you know. The one yeah, right. like that. Yeah. Also, yes, it is like Friends. It's the one with. <laughs> well, also it when really you're, stands you're, out for me. When you're texting, emailing, tweeting, whatever, with friends about the show, 
then, you know, there are certain acronyms that you just automatically know. Like everybody knows visually Born Under Bad Sign, All Hell Breaks Loose, Monster Be in the Book, all those. But sometimes, mm-hmm. especially when the, the title only has like two words and you abbreviate mm-hmm. it, you're going, what episode are you talking about? So you just start doing, you don't want to type out the whole thing on all the time. So you're like, oh, whatever, 10, 10.06, whatever. It just happens that and way. Back when we only had like three and four seasons, I used to, if I couldn't sleep at night, the way I would go to sleep is I would recite in my head the titles in order. And, oh, my, oh God. my God. Yeah, I, there's no you're, way I, I can do impressive. that now. <laughs> I, I, I cannot do that now. Like my life. Holy crap! I have, a, I have a real, I have a really good friend that we used to do, um, like title battles. We would do it for Buffy, Angel, and then we started doing it for Supernatural. So one of us would start and say Pilot, the next one would say Wendy. Like you would just keep going and going. There's no way we could do that now. No way, because oh, no, no. All the episode titles, you have to keep track of what somebody else is saying. So you're keeping track of your evens, their odds. There's no way. We stopped doing that in like season three. Seriously, yeah. So, but it's just easier to write numbers. But yeah, I figured that was the the reason for the title was the form and the void, was to explain that. Okay, I think that would have worked for me. I think I would have actually liked for them to call the empty the void instead of the empty, actually, because it would have sounded more ominous. The empty sounds kind of goofy. Mhm. Um, I would have preferred the void, the abyss, something a little more ominous. But you know, mm-hmm. whatever. When that, when she said all that, it was it reminded me back of the old days. You know how Supernatural used to tell you what they're going to do, and then they would actually do it yes. at the end of the season. It reminded yes, me that yes, I was yes, like, yes. oh, I so Sam and Dean, yeah, one of them's going to end up in I the empty. I thought the same thing, and I thought, oh, cute. Now we're going to have to figure out how to get out of the empty because one of you is going to end up there. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. I thought so, too. I said, well, this reminds me of the early days when they say, you know, Dean, Dean's going to hell because he made a deal, and that's exactly where it led. And it was like, you know what? You're going to end up in the – one of these one of these two is ending up in the empty at the end of this season. I see it coming. So, <laughs> yeah, especially since she said, and no one comes back from that. I'm like, oh, yes, they will. Oh, yes, yes, they will. <laughs> it will be the first time someone will come back from this somehow. <laughs> they are the yes. Winchesters, after all. Yeah, I yes. have the same um, reaction, as, though. As they're not the loose Chesters. They're not the loose Chesters. <laughs> and don't forget, it's Sam fucking Winchesters. Oh, exactly. No, oh, exactly. Special. <laughs> um, what do you what do you think? Because that Billy the Reaper, who I like, I liked her very much. Yeah, um, I liked her a lot too. She, yeah, she was vaguely I really ominous, liked, and I, I liked yes, that. I really liked her. I liked the actress. I liked the character. I liked everything about that except her singing Odette in the actual episode. Oh, oh I cringed so hard. Yes, I I thought, I, I, I I thought it was very the, odd. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it in the production promo. The production promo was beautiful. It was perfection. I loved the production promo that came out. But I mm-hmm. thought that maybe she had just done it for them. <laughs> so mm-hmm. during the end of the episode, 
oh, I really disliked it so much. So, so there, much. Well, I, did I have completely, a, I had an idea. I, Go ahead. I wonder if it matches my idea. I had an idea. Well, <laughs> I didn't have an idea about it until my until my third watching. The okay. first time I watched it, I was like, that was ridiculous. The second time I watched it, it was still ridiculous. The third time I watched it, it was still ridiculous. But I figured since Sam had to use the movie, like obviously the the rabbits are attracted to noise. So I assume that was her attracting Sam because it, it clearly doesn't have to be any particular kind of noise. It doesn't have to be music because the first time Sam is playing um, mm-hmm. Night of the Hunter, uh, why he has that movie, I don't know, but okay, Sam Winchester, that was super weird. But, okay, so it, it's clearly just sound that does it. So I thought maybe she had to attract him to tell him, but I also don't understand why she had to tell him that she was coming for him, and she's clearly upset, but she gave him a clue on how to cure himself, and I don't understand the logic of that. I don't get she it. She gave him a clue, but he didn't know it was a clue until much no, later. No, but like, why would you tell somebody that? Like, why would you give them any kind of I clue information? I get why for storytelling purposes that like, he had to piece together the puzzle. I just don't understand it from a character motivation part from her. So for she gave him a hint, but did she know it was a hint? Maybe Sam just... Well, like, why would you just say it? Because she didn't really say it threatening. The way they had the actor play, the actress play it... I know, it she was maybe threatening. threatening. So I mean, it wasn't like formative. a thing. I, I thought she the was it, being threatening. I thought she was being insulting get, and threatening. I didn't anyway. get threatening. I thought the characterization of her as a Reaper was really strange... And for me, what saved it was the actress's performance of it. But I feel like the actual words were very, again, I don't understand the contradictory dialogue that was is happening in these two episodes. But I feel like the dialogue is all over the place, and the only thing saving the dialogue are the actors. My thoughts on it was, one, I do, I do agree that, you know, having her sing it, you know, that in the actual episode was a little weird. However, I loved it, and I, you know, I thought it was really cool. And with her singing, one, she has a great voice, and two, I just, I just liked it. So I was totally fine with it. If I like it, I'm fine. I can look over a lot of things if I think it's cool. Um, mm-hmm. but I just felt like it was really, thing, I felt like it was really heavy-handed. And um, another thing, I, I'm wondering if the reason that the show had her singing that song is to tell us she is the new death. I think she is the new death. I don't think okay. she's well, the Reaper. I think she's the new Death. I mean, but maybe, she, she but it's t- still like Death didn't sing his well, own she song. She talks about how Death is gone, the boss is no. gone, but there's still people dying, and they have a job to do. But someone does have to eventually take right. over. And I death. think I think it's maybe her, it and it, either she, okay. ha- you know, did not want to tell Sam that it's her. Or, you know, maybe she hasn't gotten the promotion yet and will get it. But, you know, I'm completely fine with her being deaf. I'm completely fine with the actress sticking around because I really liked her. I really, really liked her. Um, mm-hmm. I just, like, the first time we see, the first time we see death and that song plays, 
number one, it's not Julian singing it, and it's not something that Beth in the narrative is aware of. But I think mm. something that the audience is, is 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 connected to, and that feeling that I remember getting the first time that that scene aired, it was chills. It was absolute chills. Mm-hmm. And this, yeah. for me, removed the gravitas of that, personally. Lisa, the actress Lisa Barry is also a singer. So I'm guessing they just wanted, you know, to take advantage of that. And it was also a way to, like I said, maybe give us a hint that she is going to be deaf. And, you know, mm-hmm. they just took advantage of the fact that she's a, she has a great voice and she's also a professional singer and how to do it. That's Oh, possibly. Like I said, I love the way she sang it. I loved it in the production promo. At the time, I thought it was just that she had done them a favor. Having it in the narrative, I wasn't crazy about personally. I just thought it was really cheap. I when it was, it was in the promo, when it was in the promo, mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be in an episode. I was like, why else would they have the actress singing it? She has to I be was, singing it in an I episode was, uh, too. I was wary of it being in the episode, and I kept telling myself, no, she just did them a favor. Please let it just be that she did them a favor. Because <laughs> I just, yeah. I would love for it to be on, like, an extra on the DVD. I would have loved for it to be on the soundtrack, something like that. But I didn't like it in the narrative. Or I would have liked it, maybe her, maybe a voice, maybe it not directly coming from her the same way we had it when we first introduced, when they first introduced death, that it was, you know, it was background music, essentially it was entry music rather than her directly singing it. And cause it gave the impression that she was singing it to the soul that she was reaping at that moment. And it was just, I don't know. It didn't work for me. That actually kind of related to what I watched it when I watched it for the second time I was thinking about it and that's actually kind of what I thought maybe as a reaper that's that's her thing when she takes a soul she kind of has she does that song you know it's like maybe they all have a thing like a, a way that they sort of move the soul on to the next life you know maybe they maybe they talk maybe they have some particular words and maybe she sings that thing. I I would rather they had not put it in the episode. Like you said, it was such a classic moment for death that 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 was plenty. You know, that was And it. for me just, it feels like one of those right things there. where you're going Yeah, it also feels like one of those things that's like, okay, that's great, but how do you know the words to a song that technically doesn't exist in your reality? Like in the in her like in her narrative reality. How do you know the words? Who taught you this song? How, why? Why wouldn't she? I mean, she can observe yeah. life. She no, does. She's not saying, The way the way the song is introduced it. to us as the audience. Yeah, the way the song is introduced to us in the audience as the audience in season five. It's an overture essentially, but it's still so it's in the world. Like no one, no one. Yeah, no one. As Death is walking down the street. But if he pulls up in his car, as he's walking down the street, nobody else could hear the song. But it's still, though, it's, it's, it's the, the same idea as if you're thinking, it's the same idea that if you think, like, okay, so when he walks into a room, does he hear ACDC, like, above his head? Does yeah. Sam hear Dean thinking ACDC above his head? But it doesn't necessarily like, mean the songs don't exist, all those songs exist, whether no, they're used I, as right. a music like, background or, like, or not. 
So I don't that's know. something that could easily exist yeah. in, in, in reality, but supernatural used it as a cue, just like it's what you're having with. It's just like it was cheap. Yeah, at the end of the day, I feel like it was a cheap way to get try to get an emotional reaction out of the audience, and for me, it didn't work. She, you know, she could definitely know the song because, you know, Supernatural's used songs a million times over scenes. And, you know, just because it doesn't mean that Sam and Dean have heard the they song as the Impala's. Yeah. 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 Like I said, whether, whether she knows it or not, I just felt like it was a really cheap attempt to get the audience to have a nostalgic reaction. And instead, I rolled my eyes. Mm. And it, I just it thought it was also, an odd. I thought it was really heavy-handed. Anyway. I know we're talking about this one little thing a a whole lot. I know we're talking about this one little thing a whole lot. But but before we move on to another one, it could be, and this is just another thing, maybe because, you know, there were some other things from Season 5 referenced in this episode. Maybe, you know, Mm. Uh, it could just be be one more thing that they were referencing. Right, which, again, I feel was a heavy-handed attempt to make a point that you have to trust your audience. You don't have to hold your audience's hand. I mm. like all the references. I like it though. So no, it was, I, was, I mean, okay. I mean, I mean specifically that moment, not all the references. Okay. Specifically okay. that moment. I, I liked the moment. Like I said, I thought it was really cool, and I, I totally understand where you think. You both of you guys think you know it didn't belong there. I completely understand, and I can see exactly what you're saying. But I liked it. I thought it was cool, mm-hmm. and I liked it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that scene's on I, on the TV right now. So, and one other thing, that I, think, <laughs> I love the shot of her hand, the shadow of her hand, going over. Mm, that was beautiful. That guy's hand. That was yeah, beautiful. I just like that. Mhm. Yeah, there was some really, really nice moments in this. So Can another one I loved. Was... I have to say. How awesome it was to see Smart Sam again, how he invented that taser thing. Uh, you know, how oh, that, he was really yeah. cool. That was so yeah, cool. Smart Sam, That's, Smart Sam. I like, going to, I like going back to them making homemade. You know, we I've complained a lot about, you know, I don't think we see enough of the EMF. I don't think we see enough of those. The little inventor, the inventor side of Sam and Dean, the, the Boy Scout side. Mm-hmm. Um, before we start talking about uh Sam or anything. I want to go back to because it's the same scene with Billy. Again, the dialogue glitch for me. She did, Sam did not help gut death at all. Like, at all. Why is Sam being blamed for that? Why? I don't understand. He was there. He was there. He was there and he offered to let Dean kill him. Therefore, he helped kill death? I'm sorry, What? What? It totally it made sense to me because Dean chose to kill Death instead of Sam. So in a then way, the, the dialogue therefore Sam is to blame as well as Dean because he's the reason yeah, Dean, Dean didn't. Dean killed Death. Been, the dialogue should have been the reason my boss was gutted because Sam is not an accomplice. He is the reason, and I think that narratively. That's actually more important in terms of the character of Dean and Sam than saying, helped gut my boss. The reason my boss was gutted 
It's, it's and I think that of, would have tied. I think that would have tied in better to Sam's guilt versus it, making him an an accessory to murder. Uh, basically, the same thing, though. And that it, you just get yeah. You just, people don't always choose their start, words perfect. Yeah, yeah. I just think that it does have a different meaning because. I do think that one one of these one is an indicator of of whether you want to say it assistance or premeditation whatever when the actual mer- the, the actual end of the, of last season was Sam saying go ahead kill me I think it's just a little bit nitpicky I I don't I don't I think the wording was fine you no, know you don't it, have to agree with me at all I just I really it was one of those that it mm-hmm. Certain lines are off, and you can just roll over them, and certain lines are off, and it just kind of hits you like, and it's the one, you know, when you're watching TV, reading a book, whatever it is, that you're like, wait, what? And you're like, oh, I guess, whatever. This is a good question on from Twitter from DogPodDK. She wants to know how they know the Winchesters was behind death, death to begin with. I thought about that as well. That is a very good I, question. I thought about that as well when I was thinking about the same thing. I kind of chalked it up to, or I say chalk it up, I fan-winked it into kind of like an omniscient, overseeing kind of knowledge or power kind of thing. But she's right. There is absolutely no reason that anybody should know that. Hmm. No. Okay, so they know. They know. The taser, the the taser thing that he built when he first when we first seen him going through the hardware store to y'all get flashbacks to abandon all hope. I was thinking he was building a bomb of some some kind, you know, like they did. Mm. And he, he was he was getting the bucket, you know, and all that stuff, just like they did in abandon all hope. Mhm. Yeah. I love that. And I, am, I love D, uh, Sam thinking, attracting him, and I love Sam going, good answer. <laughs> I, I don't get rabid guy. Good answer. What was the chain for, though? I, I didn't get what That's the what chain was That's what he ties him up with. He ties him up later to the bed, to the hospital bed with the chains. That was with the – no, he had the chain sitting in the wheelchair and with the bucket with the phone in it. But, no, that was just so that it was there so that he could chain him up after he tased him. Okay, so it wasn't just tying a bucket to a wheelchair, because that's what it looked like. So thank mm-hmm. you. I, 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 was I, wondering, I was like, was he worried somebody was going to steal the bucket? The next time you see him and bite me, um, bite me is all chained up. Mm-hmm. I, I just saw the, I just saw the handcuffs. I didn't see the chain, so. Because when you tase somebody, especially if it's something that's like, you know, a zombie, let's be real, they're zombies, um, you don't know how long that tasing is going to last, so you've got to chain them up and drag them all and back to where you've got to be. Mm. I I knew he was handcuffed because I saw the handcuffs, handcuffed to the bed, but I didn't see that great big chain that he had with the, at the wheelchair in the bucket, so that's why I was confused. Mm. I like and that Sam bought his the, information with a cup of pudding. It's like, oh, that was so <laughs> yeah. gross. I know it was gross, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> that's that's all you want. I, 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 I wondering if there too. was. 
kept wondering if there was a like a meaning. I guess there's no meaning why the dude wanted pudding. I don't understand it. It was really gross. I have I all three times that I watched the episode, I had to turn away from that. It was one of those, and I can watch a lot of really gory, gross things, but for some reason, that was just a dope for me. Pudding's Which, disturbing. Good job. Um, <laughs> it takes a lot to gross me out, and it takes a lot for me to feel like uh, uh-uh, to a bridge too far. <laughs> <laughs> that actor who played the bite me guy was so good. And yeah. I, I love the scene. I love that scene where they're just face to face him and Sam. And I, I just it was probably my favorite scene in the whole episode. Just when they're face to face and he's telling Sam how it is and the it, I I just really, really love that scene. That actor, I'm sorry I don't know your name, but you rocked. You were awesome. And I wanted him because he said he wanted something to hold in his hands and when he asked for pudding. And the look on Sam's face, I think, was the same as mine. It's like, you want to hold pudding in your hands? <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> his name is Trevor Roberts is the man who, who uh, played him. Yeah, he did a great job. So good. Yeah, he was really, he was really, really good. He was so odd. I mean, I would guess the, 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 whatever it was, disease going through them, was obviously doing something to their minds. They were obviously not in their right minds. So maybe he thought pudding was just like the best thing ever. And thought he he really got one over Sam, that he got pudding out of Sam. Who knows? What? I I just thought he was just hungry and pudding was the only thing there in the room that was food. Oh, yeah. That too. Why there was pudding in the room, I have no idea. But I'm glad it was. There's always pudding or jello in a hospital. But yeah, in that specific room, only pudding. Mm-hmm. Only one. Well, I thought the idea that he looked that like he looked up and he saw the pudding. It wasn't like, oh, mm-hmm. coincidence, I happen to have right. a baby right here. He saw right, the pudding. Exactly. So whatever it was mm-hmm. about what he saw made him go, want that, want it. I just yeah. I don't understand why. Were you hungry? Was it just because it was tangible? Did you just want like? Because he ate it as though he was starving. Yeah, I, he was I also thought he was wandering. He was also mm. wandering through the town that was abandoned. So, like, dude, if you wanted pudding, why didn't you just go into the grocery store and get pudding? No <laughs> one was. No one. No one is minding the cameras. Trust. Mm. <laughs> Um, does Sam ever tell Dean that he had the rabid illness? No, not not canonically. Mm. If they if they if they reference it next week, the Sam's holding in the car. But by the time they they walk into the bunker, they're only talking about what happened with Dean. Right. So, although Sam mm. keeps touching his neck which I thought was kind of weird, but, you know. Because he does it before he has, like, the... He was holding open flame very close to it. Yeah, and thank God he pulled his hair back. Thank God he pulled his hair back. It would have been a disaster (laughs) if he set it on fire. I don't think... Because technically the fire doesn't touch his skin. It's just near his skin. And even though you can get, like, a blister from being close to a flame, yeah. obviously yeah. they're not going to want to deal with the wound, so we're just not, because next week's episode picks up immediately after this episode, so they don't want to deal with the continuity of a wound for another episode. Mm-hmm. 
there could be some residual pain from from the fire cleansing, whatever this was. So he keeps touching his neck because it feels strange. The way, I, the way I read it from the way Jared was playing it was more of a that memory of something you went through kind of thing, like that phantom mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, um, phantom pain. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be something like, oh, let me touch my neck because it's sore kind of thing. Nah. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was maybe he was about to tell Dean. Who knows? I really don't know. And I didn't even notice that, so I'll have to go back and watch for him touching his neck. Yeah, as soon as mm-hmm. Dean stops talking and they're by the table, uh, and uh, he does it twice. It's one while Dean is still talking, and then the scene cuts and away, and he's back and does it again. There may have been a cut and, scene. We don't know where he talked about that or something. You know, well, there could have been. Of course there is. Why wouldn't there be? Because with the same scene, and again, I'm going, I am going to be picky about this. The editing team made a choice last season to cut the scene of Sam cleaning up the bunker. So let me explain to you that it doesn't make sense to have a mop and bucket there that we don't know why it's there and then have Dean make a really, really asshole comment, in my opinion. Gord knows I love Dean Winchester so much. But what a dick. <laughs> like, your brother just tried to clean up the blood you love from beating up your friend. And you're going to complain? How very dare. How very dare you. But also, like, my mother was just really confused. She was like, why is there a mop and bucket? And I was like, oh, because there's a deleted scene. She was so she thought she'd missed something last season. So, again, it's one of those things that editing and continuity, you know, when you have especially a fandom that's very on top of things, you need to be on top of things too. I don't think, even though I would, I wish they had included that scene because it, it's a it's an important, it's a good scene, and it's an important scene. I wish they had included it, um, but I, I don't think you have to have it to know that they, you know, somebody used them up and somebody had to clean. But like up I say, my mother up. was confused. My mom was like, "Did I miss a scene? Did I did I blink last season? What happened? What's going on?" Because the, the they make a point to have Dean make a joke, so they make a point to and they make a point to focus direct as a director. The point was made to show us the mop and bucket, which means they went back and put it <laughs> unless they never took the scene down four months ago. I'm, months it, ago. I, I'm guessing they never took it down. Either way, I do think, like I said, because most viewers are more casual viewers. Like the majority of viewers are more like my friend Nissa, my mother, than versus us. Fandom is a niche. People who rewatch and rewatch and rewatch our niche. People who, even people who get DVDs, don't always watch the deleted scenes. I have DVDs that I've never watched the deleted scenes for. I don't care. Um, that's and that's so, why I don't think they would even they would would even care. The most casual viewers wouldn't even care about the mop and bucket. It would just be assumed, and I, I, mean, I think just move move on from there. Tough to say. The only casual viewer I know did catch it. Um. My friend Chrisman, well, he's actually my husband's friend, he came over to see my husband to watch sports, whatever, sports, whatever. And um, he came in the house first and um, to see where Russ was, my husband. And then he he said, uh, two good episodes this year, huh? 
And I said, supernatural? And he said, yeah. And he said, he's just a casual viewer like you and I. Well, not like you and I, like your mom. No, we're not casual. And <laughs> like your mom. Yeah, he's, a, he's a fan, but he's not online is what I'm trying to say. He's a, he's, he's, he's a very... Well, and it goes to show that casual fans are going to be different because my mother watches every episode, casual right. fans. Exactly. She did That's not what I'm like saying. 1101. They're different. She did, not, he, yeah, she did he, not like 1101 at all. She liked this episode. Christian, and plus he's a guy, and so this is, you know, he, he told me that he thought these two episodes were the best ones they've had in five years. So. No. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, I... I and he's... he's a, no, but I like him. I, I like him just I, I like this. I, I like this episode, but I would not call it a top five-year kind of episode. With no, Chrisman, I, I, re- I really... <laughs> I, I listen to Chrisman, and I respect his opinions a lot, because he's a big... He's a big sci-fi guy. He's, like, watched all the episodes available of Doctor Who, you know, he's into all the geeky stuff. Um, he's, you know, he's just not a member of online supernatural fandom. And so, plus, again, he's a guy. He's a huge Dean fan. He owns one of Dean's coats, you know, rest in peace, we miss that coat. You know, he, uh, you know, stuff like that. He's, he's a big fan. And so I thought that was pretty cool, you know, that a guy who's a big fan, not online, Watches all the shows mm-hmm. and is a big geek that he really, really, really liked it. The season. Well, I mean, logically speaking, I mean to take it this way, most male fans are not in fandom or online fandom or online about supernatural. However, the viewership is over fifty percent male by ratings, so you can't really. I mean, it's a little apples and a little apples and oranges to make that comparison, in my opinion. Uh huh. But I, agree. I do, because. As a fandom, we do tend to negate how many male viewers of the show there are. Like I said, there are technically more male viewers uh, than female viewers. They're just not online like most of the females are. Right, because it's just... uh, I'm sure there's a science behind why women gravitate to fandom and men don't. Uh, I think it'd be presumptuous to, to give reasons because, again presumptuous, but where fandom skews female, the viewership of Supernatural skews male. Participation in fandom skews female. So that's kind of, I just wanted to kind of, but like I said, everybody's going to have a different opinion. He thought these two episodes were the best in five years. I laughed at that. Uh, My mother, like I said, she really did not like the first episode and was hesitant to watch this episode because of it and ended up liking this episode a lot. Although, you know, for her, it was just, she was just happy to have Crowley. She's just, as long as Crowley's there, she's happy. <laughs> and if he's being a badass, she's even happier. Well, well there was uh, some badass know, Crowley in this. Yes. Last last week, I was, eh, it was all right. Eh, it was okay. This week, though, I love this episode a lot. So, yeah. I, and Crowley. I did Crowley not like last so week. I liked this week better. This is a very, to me, this is a very classic Andrew Dom episode in which there are really great moments, but I feel like in a couple of weeks I'll forget the meat of the story, which is what happens to me in almost every Andrew Dom episode. 
is that I can call back really great moments that make me think I really liked the episode, but when I try to think about the entirety of the episode, I kind of pull up blanks. It's the one where it's the one where Sam said the prayer. <laughs> yeah, I'm like it's the one where I'm like yeah, because I like, the one where the reaper sang Oh death. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, with Devil May Care, I'm like, I really like Devil May Care. Wait, what happened with Devil May Care? I don't know. Like, Abaddon was really awesome and threatened Eve, and then, like, uh, Ezekiel's wings, and something else happened, and there was a chicken short. I, like, I, I genuinely don't remember what else happened in that episode. Genuinely don't know what happened. So out of 42 minutes, I can remember about a minute's worth of stuff. Not to say it was a bad episode. It's just kind of forgettable. Same thing with ten oh two. I remember Dean being a super snarky demon. I remember the scene uh Sam tells him to come home. Uh Cole was there, but I don't really remember what else happened. If I re- I would have to watch it to refresh my memory. So mm-hmm. and I find that that happens to me a lot with uh Andrew Dobbs episodes. Because every 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 writer has like a sort of st- a stylistic thing that you can, once you've been, once you're aware of writers, you can kind of pick out an episode that's theirs just based on the style, the presentation of it. So. I loved Crowley in this episode. I thought he was... He was great. And who knew he I was loved, like I a, loved an on-call Crowley. exorcist. He was an on-call exorcist. And I, lo- I really, exorcist for the church. I really liked, yeah, I really liked the exposition of how he came to be there, that this is something Crowley does. And they thought it was a nice callback to the way Crowley runs hell in terms of it's a business, it's a machine. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, me too, yeah. And I, I really like I really like that, where he says, you know, if, if it's one of mine, I, I give it a pass. If it's somebody gone rogue, I take care of it. Mm-hmm. And it and it goes back to it harkened back to his issue with Abaddon was that she was just so chaotic that he just couldn't mm-hmm. handle that. He was just not structured enough. And he had so many good lines. I liked when he called uh when Crowley uh Dean was like inside of him being Father Crowley and Crowley called him Agent has been old rock star or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, obviously Jensen <laughs> yes. too because uh they included the the on uh, the on uh, um, his coverage. He breaks character and almost laughs, and they let yeah. it. Yeah. So clearly, Denson liked it too. Yeah. My mom I loved like, it. I wrote it down. Like, my mom, it was cute because my mom even said she goes, "Oh look, you can see his face go from Dina Jensen." <laughs> I was like, yeah. "Agent, Agent Pathetic has been rock star." <laughs> I loved it. I so, thought it was great. I I liked and, that light a lot. Yep. And he was a scrumptious little altar boy. <laughs> that, and Dean's yeah, face when he walks in and sees Crowley sitting there. <laughs> um, and Jenna, do you know each other? <laughs> oh, you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yep. And I loved, I loved the return of basically badass Crowley 
who who doesn't take much time for Sam and Dean. And at least he, but you know, it's like it's like, I, and I know why they keep letting each other live because both of them have had chances to just go, you know, I'm, I'm done with you and kill the other. But you know, contracts, actors, TV, okay, that's why Crowley is still around. But he did he did actually say in this, he says, you know, we've we've had some good times, so you know, you get one chance this time, and that's it. And, and yeah, I like that. I like that it was you start last to let year Dean was, go. Yeah, I like that last year, and I'm, I'm not mistaken, it was actually still Andrew Dobbs' episode. So at least he's at least he's keeping up with his own stuff. Uh, but I liked that last year was Sam's. This is your last chance, and he gave Dean like this is your last chance. Now. I would have stabbed Crowley before I went to stab Amara if I had been Dean, but you know, hey, whatever. I mean, obviously contracts he can't, but it's a little. I was like, oh, honey, you know he's not going to stay, right? Okay. This like, but I also like I, well, impaling oh. him with the angel blade on the hand to the wall. You know, it's a nice move. <laughs> yeah, but then Dean like leaves that. Crowley I, alive too. <laughs> <laughs> I also like this is a weird thing to like, but you know, we had gotten from the from the previews that we knew Jenna was gonna end up on the ceiling at first and everyone was having all this speculation about, you know, is she a parallel for Mary and all this and you know, it goes to show how misleading a promo can be because it was Crowley breaking her neck. And I did I like I said it's a weird thing to like, but I liked the delivery of I was getting bored. Because I can see for Crowley where he's just going, oh, God, I have things to do. No, I'm not going to sit here and just watch you fight. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, mm-hmm. but I know I know that that moment killed a lot of spec that people had going. So, new spec in order. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I um, that the creepy baby, Supernatural does creepy baby and creepy kids very well. And that was the, a creepy baby. <laughs> the the um, feed me thing, or put the blocks in the wall, was so good. But I mm. I think the best part, and I love it, you know, because I, I wonder how long it took them to get the baby to make. You know, I, I, I'm guessing they just put the camera on the baby and picked out what what facial expressions the baby made that they could use. But after the baby is able to knock the box off the table and everything's on the floor and then the baby gives that kind of smirk, and I'm like, you're too young. <laughs> I was even wondering if they went in it and played with that in, in post somehow. So that was a, that it, was really, really terrifying. It was so good. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. so good. So, yeah, yeah. I, do, I do wonder if they went and played with that somehow. Because it was I like very aware. Yeah, I like the blocks just were... sort of spinning above the baby's crib, you know, and then flinging them right there. And it was, yeah, it was creepy, very, very creepy. And I, I still though, it's like, why, why is the darkness? Why did she start out as a baby? Why didn't she just appear as a, as a woman? Why is she a baby? Why is she growing up? Quickly. I'm I'm I, I'm thinking it's something like the Jasmine storyline on Angel, where you know she had to be born 
you know, Cordelia, she had to actually be physically born into the world with with Cordelia. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what I figured. But, you know, they didn't want to have, they, you know, they just didn't do the whole being born born as a grown woman thing. They're just having her grow back. Mm-hmm. I I figured she had to be like the same thing. She had to be not just released, but manifested in a way. Mm-hmm. She needed a, she needed a vessel, sort of like Anna, but Anna wasn't really a vessel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume it's a similar idea. Mm-hmm. Like Charlie um, at the end, bringing her souls and saying, you know, you want some candy, little girl? <laughs> and a van. And a van. I, and a van. <laughs> I thought that was, I really liked that. I thought it was funny, but I don't understand why Amara, like, why can't she just eat anyone's soul? I don't, I, I thought it was cute, but I didn't quite understand it. Like, um, if I was the darkness, if I was the darkness and, like, the paltry king of hell came to me, I'd be like, Dude, I can get my own food. Thanks. I'm I'm able. But well, I don't know. Maybe she, maybe she has a plan. As maybe well. she's because we'll she's still so a kid. You know. Well, you know. It's like I mean, yeah, she's free. No That's no kid. <laughs> I, I know, but she. But but in 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 a way, she's like you said. She's still growing. She has to manifest. She's still getting you know, getting the a handle on things. And maybe she's like, oh, he intrigues me. I'm sure he smells yeah. different to her, too, you know. Yeah, so that's why I say I, I like, think I, I hope that it's something that she's going to, that she's a little more aware that it was more, mm-hmm. like I said, I thought it, I thought it was, a, I thought it was a fun, I thought it was fun, the whole, like, literal play on getting the, getting the van little girl, which, you know, mm-hmm. again, one of those, one of those things that's really wrong to say you like. But, um, I just thought it was kind of one of those things that was like, mm-hmm. okay. But it was the, mm-hmm. the line delivery. The line delivery and her smile were worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What a pretty little girl, too. They mm-hmm. good casting. Uh, I have a question. Well, I should say not a question, but I want your opinions on Jenna being soulless. Um because mm-hmm. we know, like, when Sam was soulless, he didn't just want to run around killing people. So is the but implication... He did. No, he didn't just but run around did. killing people. He, he didn't run around people. killing people. Yeah, he wasn't just like, he, he didn't wasn't care fun putting throat. Yeah, no, the ends justified the means to him, but he wasn't just randomly homicidal. Well, um, see, so, well no, my question is... I'm not asking you to explain that. <laughs> my question <laughs> is... Calm down, y'all. My question is, is the implication that Jenna had kind of been, like, fake when it came to her grandmother, that she was harboring resentment for her grandmother and for the way her grandmother brought her up? That's what, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's the impression I got because I think, Mm -hmm. I don't know, she specifically says, I always wanted to try this, you know, with the knife. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's and destroying the, the she's destroying the it, angel the it, green and yes because right. um, she didn't like them. I think the um, being soulless thing it takes what you actually feel like but would never do because you have a soul and just lets you do them. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So did you read into the implication that Jenna was essentially the Jenna that Dean met was kind of just a fake individual? No, I I didn't. I I can can see totally what you're saying. I mean, the way she's saying, like, she's talking about her grandmother so, so lovingly. I think she actually did love her. I think she actually did love her grandmother, and she wasn't a fake person. But as we all are, we all get pissed off and mad at our parents, you know. And it sounded like her grandma was the one who basically raised her. Um, You know, y'all get pissed. Y'all get pissed at them. You know, I know I did when I was younger and still lived with my parents. Did you ever actually genuinely wonder what it was like to switch your mother's throat? Because I sure didn't. And if you did, I don't know if this friendship could continue. (laughs) <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah. I'm a little afraid right now. <laughs> I did. I did. One thing I did do, and I regret it to this day, is I took her prom pictures and ripped them up once. Prom okay, yeah, no, we all and, do really, really crappy yeah. things as teenagers, so I, but, I mean, there's a big difference uh, between I, that. I always like to know what it was like to switch your grandmother's throat. If I was mm. soulless, you know, I might have done more. Um so yeah, I think that's exactly what it was saying. She had these dark, dark desires that she would not be able, she would not act on because she had a soul. Mhm. Yeah, I think she had something because the way she talked about it, she's you know my grandmother's really Catholic and she talked about yeah, I, you know, I losing her virginity, which is not a Catholic thing to do. So I think there was something buried that would maybe she didn't even remember, but since she became soulless it it all came back and she was just fine with doing I it. What bugged me well, about being soulless? I, Go ahead. No. I saw I saw a lot of people kinda of comment like why did I get the random rundown of her of her sexual past? Like who tells a stranger that? And it is like if you on the surface you're like, why are you telling this dude you just met where you lost your virginity? Like, okay. But like you said very much not in line with the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think she had a lot of problems with her grandma, and that was it coming out. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought it was a little strange that Dean acted so like, oh, my God, someone can function without a soul? Do tell. Dude, your brother was That's what I was going like to say. A really long time. Yeah. <laughs> That made us how with Dean says, How could Solus? How is that possible? And I'm like, Really? Where were you for an entire year? <laughs> I just feel like I feel like Dean or Sam Winchester saying the words, How is that possible? makes you want to just look at them like, Oh, honey, no. <laughs> Haven't we figured out everything is possible? I thought it was just he was saying we just saw her. How did this happen so brief, so you know, in such a short time? It's yeah, kind of it, to me, it definitely came across as what someone can, someone yeah. has no soul. Yeah, yeah. that's the way it came across to me too. I mean, your make more your reason makes sense, Becky, but it didn't sound that way when Dean said yeah. it. Like that, that was not I my guess first that, yeah. Like you know, it's like the what? other. Speaking of line readings that are confusing or editing that's confusing. I couldn't tell because you have you have Dean say you have um, you have Dean have the recollection the vision of Amara saying we will always save each other and then you have him say that he has no choice but to kill her and then when Crowley you know essentially offers to do it Dean says you stay away from her 
Now, yes, I was confused because yep. yeah, because the implication is that Crowley's going to kill her, which basically gets Dean out of having to kill her. I didn't understand mm-hmm. his. So was that the moment? Like, is he going to have moments where he can't fight the? I mean, let's call it what it is the maternal instinct to protect her, or was it that he did? I I just I thought it was a really strange uh, editing yeah, slash line. I, I'm with you completely. I was confused. He just said he he had no choice. He's going to have to kill her. And then Sally says, "Okay, I'll do it for you." And he's like, "You better not." And so. And there wasn't there wasn't a visible shift in whether it was you know all of a sudden protective or it was I don't trust you Crowley. It wasn't Uh clear in my opinion. Yep, I agree with you there. Um, Every time I rewatched it, trying to figure out, okay, what am I missing here? Nope, I was confused every time. I also was a little confused as to what made Dean move Amara's onesie to sh- to see them to show the mark because I made sure to check to see if it was peeking out in any way and it's not. I don't know. Again, like I said, I can't I can't help. I really look at technical things and I do it in every show, not just supernatural. I just don't have a podcast for other shows. Um, but editing and technical things are things that I'm very hyper aware of. Um, so it's not a pick on supernatural kind of thing. It's a I pick on TV kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I did want to say that's something I really, really enjoy. It was a little slow at first, but as it built, I was really, I really enjoyed um, cast of scenes uh, with Ephraim, Jonah, and eventually Hannah. I thought the the set was really cool. The mood was really good, and I really enjoyed. Like I said, it started off slow, and the moment that Cass realizes that Hannah tricked him. The way mm-hmm. he played it, I thought was was fantastic. I really enjoyed, it, and I enjoyed that moment of, wait a minute, like the way that it mm-hmm. and the betrayal that you can tell he feels. Mhm. Yeah, Misha was great in those scenes. I agree. It 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 was really really good. Um, and, I was, yeah. it, it bums me out slightly that I get the cast that I've been missing, which is you know badass fighter cast. That in order to mm-hmm. get that, he has to be cursed, and it's something that's going to go away. It's clearly going to have to go away. So I'm a little bummed about that, um, because seeing him be a warrior angel again, for all intents and purposes, was, you know, I think mm-hmm. the last time we truly saw that was maybe season, season six, maybe? I mean, there's moments since then. But in terms of him being able to embody that as a force, I feel like we mm-hmm. haven't in in a really, really long time. So yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I mean I really we enjoyed about that. We um, missed that. Yeah. Yeah, and I really enjoyed the scene between um Cass and Hannah 
where he says, before, but she doesn't get the chance to answer, but for him to say, you know, you know, they hate you, do you? Do you hate me? Mm-hmm. And And the fact that she does, not necessarily that she wanted the information that she needed to have, but she didn't exactly, she didn't agree with the message being used. And yeah, because she, you know, that's what gets her killed is she tried to stop them from hurting him so much. And so, yeah, she, you know, she knew that they needed the information, but she couldn't go as far as they wanted her to go. And I have to say, I loved seeing Lee, and I don't know how to pronounce his last name, I apologize, uh, Lee Mazoub, I'm thinking, um, yeah. that is Hannah. I loved Erica Carroll as Hannah. Of course, mm-hmm. She's amazing. The actress is fantastic. She's so awesome. I uh, got to meet her at at Vanguard. Um, and but this um, this actor, he completely felt like the same Hannah that Erica Carroll mm-hmm. was. So he, he, mm-hmm. he, I love that it was Hannah the character. I love it was Hannah the character. Without you, don't need to focus on the vessel. It's Hannah, exactly. no matter what the yeah. vessel looks like. Well, yeah, and what I really terrific. like, what I really like is one that they continue to call her Hannah, um, because it's not it's not what we consider a gender neutral name, and it mm-hmm. harkens back to you know Raphael was not a gender neutral name. Um, but I like they, that they kept the same the similar blocking that they used for Misha and Erica. They carried that blocking over to Misha and Lee that they didn't change the blocking and they didn't do like any kind of distance or anything. They still kept the blocking quite intimate. And I, I liked that, but it, it, it conveyed what it meant for them to be very, very close friends. No matter how you want to read their relationship, there was a closeness there and it didn't fluctuate. The weird thing for me was, and my, again, it's one of those things that, Sometimes I think things and I'm watching them with my mother and I'm like, don't mention it, Vinny. You're just being that person. And then she'll say it and I'm like, oh, thank gosh, she thought it too. If you keep wanting to tell me that angels are genderless, who cares if you cut off Cass's junk? Yeah. I think it's just for yeah. pain-wise, pain I think. I, well, I, and I, I was thinking it was about it. I was thinking about it, and this is something I thought about several times is that I understand why grazing angels with an angel blade causes them pain, but not death. But I don't understand why stabbing them through only kills them if you stab them in the head or, like, up through the heart because they don't actually have hearts. So theoretically, if you run them through at any point of impact, shouldn't it kill them? always kind of bothered me, but whenever they do torch, like torture scenes like this one, I was like, okay, like the first one was the blade straight through Cass's shoulder. And then he makes a point to say that he would stab him through the heart. And I'm like, yeah, but that's, oh, okay, whatever, whatever. <laughs> it's one of those things that's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah my, I don't mom, know. my mom's thing, my mom's thing was like, who cares if you cut his, whatever. Uh, yeah, I know. What, I don't know. I'm still wondering how you can actually curse an angel. <laughs> And have magic uh, it's very, it's very strong magic. <laughs> Angels, okay. <laughs> um, the book of the dam, strongest magic ever. Ancient, all right, but okay. <laughs> it's 
I mean, obviously they want us to assume that because he's an angel, it doesn't work properly. And that's why he's yeah, able he, to break himself out of it. He is fighting. Or, yeah. He is fighting it, and none of the others could. So he is handling it differently. Clear, I wasn't clear on, you know, when he has the, what I call Crowley's torture helmet, um, when he has when they're screw, when they're screwing Crowley's torture helmet into him, he doesn't push them push the screws out until he wants to save Hannah. But presumably, his ability to push them out is because he's an angel, not because he's cursed, right? I thought that, and again, I could be completely wrong, but my opinions on how it worked was when. He was, you know, he's able to hold back the dog cursing until something so emotional, something pissed him off so much, mm-hmm. and that's when the cur- that brings out the curse, and that was what gave him the strength to push out the screw. Yeah, thing. because other angels haven't been able to push them out. Like that's why I'm saying I'm not saying that that's. I mean, I'll I'll take that reasoning. I just don't. I didn't feel like it was clear. It wasn't. It, you're completely right. It was not clear. You had to just mm-hmm. think on it and make up your own decision. Like, are you telling me that basically Cass is Sam, that he has the ability, Dumbo, but you need that feather to fly? So is the curse your feather, Cass? I'm super confused. Yeah, I think he's just holding back. He's, you know, like you said, he's really fighting it, trying to hold it back until, you know, he he just can't anymore, and that's when it all comes out and he's able to just go crazy. But mm-hmm. so is the implication that if given enough anger, any angel can remove the screws? If they're cursed. So you're saying the curse gives them the extra... Yeah, that's, what, that's what I... Push that's what I yeah, it, the, the curse gives you that rabid dog thing, which, as we've seen, it gives them, you know, makes them much stronger, and that's that's what I got from it. I mean, I'll go with it because it's not, it's not clear, but I don't, I think it wasn't clear. <laughs> <laughs> I will just maintain that it was not clear. <laughs> and I'd like but to point out like that, that Cass I mean, I was tortured it. fully clothed. <laughs> just had this conversation last week again about I, torturing. Yeah, the, um... And you said, oh, just, you know, <laughs> Cass gets tortured without a shirt. Well, not this week. <laughs> He had a yes. shirt and, and a trench coat on <laughs> during this particular tour. So. Well, there's a first for everything. Mm-hmm. Indeed. I, um, back, I was heartbroken. I, I want to talk kids. about Sam. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just wanted to say I was heartbroken that Hannah was killed because I like yeah. the character. I liked both actors who played the character. And yeah, I'm I'm sorry to see her go. She was one of the few angels that I actually really liked. So I I hate seeing her go. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. they kind of tele- I feel like they kind of telegraphed her her death with last season with the tension between her and Cass last season towards the end and how she felt about you know Metatron being free and everything. So I felt like her death was fairly telegraphed. And again. They said that she had heaven running fairly smoothly, but what we see in this scene is that there was obviously an attempt to overthrow her. And, I mean, let's be real, 
the point is, is they have to give Cass a story. So, you know, cleaning up that mess is going to be part of his story, I suspect. But, um, um, yeah, there's not too many angels that I actually feel make an impact, and Hannah did, so. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I liked her, too. I'll miss her. Um, Speaking of torture, (laughs) I want to talk about Sam and his visions in the cave. Yeah. I know Vinny is not excited about that, but I am so Yes, I know. I am excited. So you and I will talk and be excited. and I'll continue to file my nails. And then he can do something else. I, no, no, I'm I, literally I, filing I, my nails right now. That's not even hyperbole. I am literally filing my nails right now. Go on. Well, I was <laughs> well, well. Back in back in the original Sam in the Cage solace, we didn't get that much. We didn't see much of Sam in the Cage. We talked about it, and and I I, I actually usually totally agree that, you know, not seeing something makes it more scary. It's like it's the Jaws effect where you didn't see the shark for a good three quarters of the movie, you know, until you just saw the effects of the shark attack. And, but this, I mean, we didn't see that much of, of Sam in the cage. We didn't see him there being tortured and, I just like that they're referring to it. You know, it was back in season five. I love Swan Song. I love the whole thing. I I love that they're going back to that. And, and, and I loved it when they mentioned last week that Lucifer or somebody was screaming from the cage. So, yes, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I like that they're referring to it. And I and I loved I love Jared's performance in that scene. Both both <laughs> him being tortured and him getting the vision of him remembering being tortured and then him screaming, what does it mean? And, you know, he's just asked for a sign, but, yeah, what is, how is that going to help him? So I'm really looking forward to getting more hints and seeing more of that. What did you think, Becky? I, <laughs> I yeah, <laughs> I loved it. I thought it. I was so excited. And I think it's it's going to turn out, you know, the answer is in the cage, is, you know, they're going to have to go to Lucifer or Michael to get the answer to how to reign back mm-hmm. in the darkness. And, and so mm-hmm. God or whoever, God or whoever was giving him the message, that was, you know, that was it. And I swear mm-hmm. uh, when, at that point when Sam is um, got the holy fire and the gauze, you know, holding it up to cure himself, and you hear the voices that he's hearing, I swear one of them mm. sounded just like Mark Mark Pellegrino. And um, the first one, that you can hear things, Sam, Sam. It sounded no, just like he, Mark Pellegrino. I, I went, I, I, you know, I was going to say quiet during this. He specifically says, well, no, I should just say, he doesn't specifically say it. I went back and watched it with closed captions. Each time it's Dean. It's Dean's voice. But there's one time where it sounds like Mark Pellegrino. And it may have been Dean the whole time, but it sounds like Mark Pellegrino. And so uh, it, it just really, really got my hopes up. But, yeah, I'm very, very, very excited for the whole storyline and what it's going to I'm excited. Season five is my favorite, and 
Swan Song is my all-time favorite episode, and and you know how long I've been begging for some closure to Adam's storyline. So yes, <laughs> I, I'm Adam. really, really hoping this is we're finally going to get some answers there. I'm very excited. That's that's it. I'm excited. I am excited. So so we can talk about Vinny it. Vinny is completely <laughs> opposite. Vinny is the complete yeah, opposite of that. <laughs> yep. That's all right. I, I always I will be quiet. I won't say anything. I always love when shows that have gone on for a long time go go back and you know mm-hmm. things from past seasons. I I really really like when they do that. So I'm um, yes great. And I. Yeah. I love Swan Song. It's not my all-time favorite, but it's right up there as one of my all-time favorites. I I just loved it. Um, I love the idea that that they're going back to it. Um, the whole concept of them being in the cage and Sam and everything else. So yes, I I agree. I cannot wait to see where it goes. Once. One thing about this episode, what about the new music that there was in it? I loved it. I loved I the loved new the music. music. I, it was so quirky and funky, and I, I just thought it worked. It was such a, such interesting musical choices and cues for some scenes, but I thought it was the, just great. The um, scene after um, Dean has... Um, Impaled Crowley's hand with the angel blade, and then he goes stomping down the hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, with the music, with the music playing, and the way Dean's walking down the hall. Oh, it was, just looks so cool. I, I, I just, I love the music. Mhm. Me too. I thought it was just great. It's a very unusual choice. Yeah, music that you know. Usually, the music on Supernatural is very similar. The score will be music that they've. That it's the same in all episodes, basically, and mm-hmm. so having something completely different, I, I was not expecting it, but I loved it. Vinny's still filing her nails. Sure am. <laughs> <laughs> no opinion on the mm. music. Okay. In all honesty, yes, I was still I was still filing my nails, but I'm now done. Um, in okay. all honesty, I have mixed feelings about the music. I thought it was I thought it was a really cool arrangement. Um, it was a little. Uh, I just have mixed feelings about it. We'll leave it at that. I thought the arrangement was really really good. I don't. I, I liked it as a cue. In Cass's scene, I don't think I liked the way it carried over to across scenes in that way. Um, and then the other cue, here's the thing. That's what, I, that's what it is for me. I would have liked it to be only a musical change in terms of Amara. But you know how sometimes, like, every character kind of has their own score? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is this is clearly not just Amara's score. So I think that's my feeling about it, that it, it feels a little disjointed in terms of, like, coming out of nowhere to be a new score. I would have liked it to just be Amara's score. 
But, like, right now I kind of feel like it's a Mara and Cass's score, so I'm kind of confused. <laughs> like, mm. um, but I, did, I didn't hate it. I know a lot of people, I saw a lot of people really, really disliked it um, in terms of, like, uh, and Becky and I were talking about this. She has a much bigger uh, timeline than I do on, our per, on her personal account. I'm very, like... I'm really neurotic about my timeline, so I follow less than 200 accounts. Most of them are not fandom accounts. Most of them are sports accounts, to be honest. So in terms of, like, fandom and the show on my personal account, I, there's really only about 20 accounts. Um, so that's kind of my reference for things. Um, and most of my timeline really did not like the music. Um, I kind of fall somewhere in the middle about it. I would have liked to really, see more score, though. I, I really wonder if it's going to be one of those things where it's just this is the only episode where we'll hear it, you know, or if it'll we'll hear it again throughout the season. Maybe it's a season music, season long music, um, but it could be just one of those things where it's just the only episode where we'll hear it. I personally would like to hear it again, but mm-hmm. I could see it being this is the only episode that they use it. Yeah. Like I said, I like the arrangement itself. I'm just not entirely sure how well it really fit for me in the in the moment in the in all the moments it was used. So, like for some for some, like I said, when you first kick it on and it's cast, I liked it, but then when it crossed over into Crowley and Dean, it felt a little off. What I but if you notice. And, what, and it made me actually think it might be a Mars song. It, when it kicked off in Cass, it was when Cass was talking about the darkness. Um, right, and that's what I was thinking. That's why I said I would have liked for it. I, I hope it's just a Mars song. I shouldn't have said that I hope, that I, that I thought that now it's not. I'm hoping it's just a Mars song because it is where Cass starts talking about the darkness and then Crowley crosses over into talking about it and you don't hear it. I'm pretty sure because I try to listen for it. You don't ever hear it with Sam, which is weird because no. you should hear it with Sam as well. Yeah, you don't. You, uh, you don't hear it with Sam at all. So I, that's why I'm being. That's why I'm, I don't know exactly what the music means, or if they just thought we need a new arrangement. I don't know. We'll see. Um, like I said, I thought it was a good arrangement. I'm not sure how well it actually worked for me. So, I'm like, and it, you know, like I'm like 60-40 like on it. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> at all if this is the only episode we see it in. Cause like in season well, two's, I'm, oh, um, season two's Croatoan, um, they mm-hmm. used some kind of um, in the action shots, and that there was like they used like this stop motion kind of thing um, in the fight scenes in Croatoan. And um, when it first aired, I was actually watching it with my brother, who had never watched Supernatural before. And he said, do they do that in every episode? Because that's very annoying. And I said, no, <laughs> that's the only episode I've ever, I've ever seen them in use that. Uh, you know, they never use that again. So it it could just be Maybe they thought they were good and they thought it was annoying too. Very true, very true. Um, I do – I will also say that I noticed the way uh, Dobb wrote this episode was where – it was very similar to the idea of that, that that quirky kind of writing where a character in another scene picks up the thread of what a character in a different scene is saying. 
so like you said, you know, we cut, we have Cass explaining the darkness to Hannah. It cuts to Crowley doing a similar thing. And it was almost like all the scenes were, they were technically disjointed visually, but thematically they matched. And it happened a couple other times in the episode. So, I, again, I'm not sure if that's why they used the music in that way was to accentuate that or if it's a Mara song. I would like for it to be a Mara song because I think in that, in terms of that, I think it's it's really fitting of something that sounds kind of classic but has a modern twist, which Amara kind of is. Right. Mm-hmm. I would look at my notes if someone else finds something, but I'm picking out a nail polish at the moment. Sorry. <laughs> Ooh, that, okay, I'm very interested in this. My nail polish is probably going boy. <laughs> Um, well, I'm about to see some bad PR for an, for an indie nail polish company, but I was wearing a polish by Loaded Lacquer, and the formula was terrible, that I so bad that I actually had to take it off while I'm on the podcast. So, Loaded Lacquer, if you're listening, please tweak your jiggler formula, because it's really bad. Ah, okay, I'll stay away from them. Yes. Do not buy the, do not buy the Cafe Collection. Two polishes so far. Terrible. Anyway, I know most people are not here for me to yammer on about nail polish, so I will not. Um, right at the end, when Sam and Dean get back to the bunker, Sam uh, Dean is talking about um, telling Sam his darkness. I see the darkness as a woman, not as a child. And Dean goes, ah, well, maybe it's a vision. And Sam goes, vision? Huh. That's one of the points where he touches his neck. Uh-huh. That's, that's one and of the things he, where he touches his neck. Right, and they get interrupted, of course, because they hear the noise, and it turns out to be Cass who's, who's gone to the bunker to get help. And I, I wonder if he was going to tell Dean that, you know, you, how funny you mentioned visions, because I had one, you know, while I was in in uh, a hospital trying to figure out the cure for the rabbits. So I wonder if he will tell Dean about them. And I wonder if Sam is thinking also, it gives it, is it a little bit more an answer to his prayer a little bit that he ha- he gets a vision and Dean mentions visions, you know, it's like, is it a prompt for him to talk about it? So. Well, I thought it was weird because the way Dean says it is like the idea of the vision just hit him. But they'd already discussed that what Dean was having was some sort of vision or flashback, which is no different than what Sam is having, which is technically a vision with a, a flashback with a vision. So I thought it was kind of weird that it was set up like a what? Because I felt yeah, like it was like, already established. How is that possible? Yeah, like I felt like it was already established. Who are you? Like, um, who are you, Dean? Okay, guys. <laughs> like what? Yeah. I, I, thought it was a little strange because yeah as far as I was concerned that was established yeah but, um, oh, we'll um uh, yeah that is true I mean I think it was interesting and for we didn't talk about it initially because uh some people do try to stay as spoiler free as possible 
so I didn't, you know, didn't, there's certain things that we don't bring up, but I thought it was interesting that in the Comic-Con press junket to promote this season, um, Jared did mention Sam getting visions in this episode. So for anybody who mm-hmm. really watched a lot of those, you knew it was coming. The thing that they didn't discuss was Dean getting visions. So to me, what that indicates to me is in terms of press, Dean's visions were more were embargoed. So I feel like Dean's visions are going to be more to drive the storyline more than Sam's are. Because, you know, there was a whole lot of people saying, you know, we're not getting any spoilers for Dean, why doesn't Dean have a story? Things like that. But, you know, now it's the obvious answer is these parts of Dean's story were embargoed, no one was allowed to talk about them. Because, you know, every time somebody goes to a press junket, there are things they're allowed to talk about and things there aren't allowed to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, So it leads me to believe that that's a a bigger deal. So I get the feeling that fans are not going to... I I don't think fans are going to carry either as far or as much weight uh, as Dean's are. Well, it's it's different for Dean to have visions, but it's not for Sam. And they may have thought, well, this is this is a cool thing we can bring up because Sam used to have them, and we can bring it back. And it's a great point as we're following up and continuity and consistency and all that. So I don't necessarily think it means that they aren't going to be as important or more important. I just think because they were there before, there was a precedent good thing to bring up in, in PR because of that. But then Dean's because he's never really had them. Well, not particularly be, because in be terms, of, terms of what information gets embargoed, that's not the publicist. That's the writers. The writers choose that. So it wouldn't be something that the publicists are saying, like, oh, let's hold that back. It's something the writers are saying we're holding that back. So just a suspicion on my part that I think Dean's visions of Amara, unless they were just trying to hold back info on Amara, not realizing that, you know, Sam had already figured it out, like we always do. Because additionally, in the press junket, uh, Andrew Dobb, in fact, does accidentally say she in reference to the darkness. And he tries to backtrack it and say, or he, or whatever. But as a fandom, we'd already figured out that Emily had been cast for someone called Amara, and we'd already kind of put the pieces together. So there is also a disconnect in those matters. So, again, we'll see. But I'm thinking that mm-hmm. I'm thinking that Dean's visions of Amara hold more weight for the season than Sam's uh, flashbacks visions. I think Sam's will be more of an, an indicator of, like, like with this, like, clues on how to research something or, you know, if he has to go back to the cage or whatever. Um, <laughs> but um, I think beans are going to be more, uh, I guess, more... More the personal conflict. Yeah, more the more the overarching than symptomatic. Mm-hmm. 
well. Um, I do think, I don't know how I feel. I've talked to some people who really didn't like it and some people who were like, meh, it's okay. Um, but essentially the cure for the darkness is baptism by fire. Uh, I don't quite understand personally, so if you all can explain it to me, what it is what it is about the darkness that is biblically unclean. Because so was Billy saying that Sam is unclean in another way or was it because he was infected? That's what I wondered because he's thought of himself that way before. Right. And and you know, so, in terms of in terms of the church, you're born unclean. The original thing. I thought it was an odd an odd oh. choice of words to use in reference to someone being sick. You know, because yeah, they that are was sort of yeah, I'm like, mm, unclean doesn't necessarily, you can be perfectly healthy and be unclean. That's what I'm saying. You like, know, in biblical sense, mm. unclean has nothing to do, like, unclean has nothing to do with your health. It's that yeah. the idea that, religiously, it's the idea that every every baby is born unclean and therefore must be baptized. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, I get it. He, that's how he figured out baptism by fire although we don't burn babies in the Catholic Church or, to my knowledge, any other church, uh, we dunk them in water. Uh, Actually, we don't even do that in the Catholic Church. We drizzle them with water very delicately. Um, So I also feel like, wow, did he use a lot of holy oil up? Like, that's those precious, bro. You didn't need to pour a whole bedpan's worth. I don't know yeah. if you remember, but Cass said that stuff was pretty rare, so let's not just waste it all crazy willy-nilly. Let's be a little more conservative with the holy oil. I was very amused with the song choice. Sugar Shack. Yeah. Oh, the Sugar Shack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I said on my first watching, the, you know, before you get to that point, I thought it was something about – because the movie that he's watching or that he's playing that attracts Bite Me is uh, it's kind of like it's like it's technically a horror movie. Because, yeah, technically. But it is about a preacher who uh, it's been a long time since I watched it. Um, it's basically the basis for like when people get the Love hate knuckle tattoos. Uh, it's from that movie, so he does that, and he um, he basically talks about how the right hand is his, the right hand is good and the left hand is evil and blah blah blah. But he um, so spoilers if you're ever going to watch a movie from 1955 and you haven't seen it yet. Spoilers. But <laughs> <laughs> and then damn somebody, you. eventually what it is and the reason I know this movie oddly enough is I took a film class and it's rated and it recently been rated like the second most important movie of all time after Citizen Kane this was like in 2007 or something like that Um, and that was the same time I was taking this film class and my teacher was like making a big deal about it so we had to watch it 
Um, and it was actually, it's quite good. It's very, very good. So I, I recommend it. But um, he, his whole quest is that he's a, he's a preacher, but he's, you know, fallen off basically. And he marries this widow because her husband had left $10,000 to her. I don't know if he leaves it to her or if he just has it stashed away from her. Either way, she's technically in possession of $10,000, and she doesn't know it. So he wants it. So in order to get it, he marries her so that he can be in the house and search for it. Uh, And then he ends up killing her and tarnishes her reputation because he says that she ran off to basically be a whore. And the townspeople are so enamored with him that they believe him. And eventually, obviously, it comes out that it's not true when he killed her. But the point is, is originally, I thought that that was going to have something to do with what was going on. But then they played the Sugar Shack song, which was tons of fun and super cool. But I was like, oh, I guess the movie's not important. Never mind. So I thought it was I thought it was a really cool choice for both the movie and the um, the song. But I guess zombies just like noise. Or rabbits just like noise. Hmm. So but I yeah, the sugar, the sugar shack was super fun. Like the walkers and Walking Dead, they're attracted. I was not going to say that because I'm already having issues. But yes, like the walkers and Walking Dead. There you go. <laughs> Let's try to be chill about it, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Zombies are trendy. I get it. Um. But yeah, I I would have really liked the movie to have meaning, but again, I suppose it doesn't. Um, looking through my notes. Mm. Uh, oh, oh wow! I went through everything comments. on my notes. I went through everything on my pretty notes. Much. I went through pretty much everything. I have little bits and pieces like. Like, just little things, like, I love Dean carrying the baby at the beginning. I don't know, Dean and babies, cute. <laughs> Not too much depth to my thoughts, just they look cute together. And it, it does and it does also remind me of a much younger Dean, you know, with baby Sam, which is also cute. And I have to, I did, Sam taking aspirin or Advil or whatever it was for this disease, well, it's a little bit yeah, like that was a little you know odd. you know bailing bailing off the, off the Titanic with a spoon, but um, it was just ew you know it's because dry dry pills dry pills. Oh, I take I take my pills dry all the time. Ooh, it's not good for your stomach. No, anyway. I always think it's indicative. I I like when when like movies or TV shows do that because it's indicative of that desperation of pain. Mm-hmm. And that, and that, yeah. I don't care, I don't care, just give it to me now. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like for me, that I do take a lot of medication. Uh, sometimes I'm out in the world and it's time for my medication. And I don't have water, but my pain is coming. I'm like, screw it, I don't care. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I do know that for some people, just the idea is basically impossible to do. I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's just yikes, you know. It's like I get it, but it's yikes. <laughs> um, yeah. There was a shot of of 
Dean driving away after dropping Jenna off. It was at night, and it's uh, the streets. It's raining, and the streets are all wet, and it's just baby oh, blazing by. That's it was such a pretty moment. Oh, it was just but, gorgeous. Did anybody else think about bugs with that ep- with that episode? Because he pulls up to Jenna's house, and it's very early in the day. And then he drove away, and it's very, very nighttime, but then he got back, and it's still very, very nighttime. I don't understand how much time had passed. I was really perplexed about that. So I felt like bugs when it was, like, magical daytime. <laughs> like, magical nighttime. It wasn't bothersome. It was just funny. Like, I get why they did it. Uh, or I shouldn't say I get why they did it. I will justify them doing it for, like, the visual. It was probably just the way shooting ran, but... <laughs> It was really weird, but yes, doesn't bother me in bugs. It didn't bother me here. Okay. Um, I I also like to note that Sam did not get hit on the head in this episode, which was a good thing. <laughs> Yay! However, Dean got. But as predicted, Dean get did get thrown. But I was going to say, but my next my next uh, uh, part of that sentence was, but Dean does get thrown around <laughs> a couple of times. Yep. In the closet. The oh, first thing, as soon as Dean went through that closet door, I was like, oh, we were right. <laughs> and Sam was not tied up. Hey. Well, because he'll probably be tied up next episode. Remember, our prediction was head, throw, tie up. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, this Sam is a, this is a good, episode, good episode for Sam. Not hit in the head, nor was he tied up. No, just, you know, crawling with black veins. Although, I will say, I absolutely love the black vein makeup, especially in the close-up. And the combination of makeup and VFX for that was fantastic. I really liked it. Mm -hmm. um, I think so, too. Well done. Yeah, and I say that as somebody who did not like a lot of uh, the visual effects moments last episode, this episode made up for it. Yes, I, I thought the visual effects were really good. Yeah. Um, I'd also be fine if we never refer to the darkness as a giant fart again because, <laughs> again, exactly. I'm not a big – and I get that, that a majority of people are, <laughs> and especially when, again, you know, your viewership is over 50% male, uh, so I'm going to generalize. I don't care about poop and fart jokes. So this episode had both, and I'm like, oh, I roll. But you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, yeah, I'm not big on that. I'm like, whatever. I'm kind of saying, like, yeah, thanks for that visual. You know, like, no. Yeah, I did. I did like that. Sam actually acknowledge, like acknowledged that that was, you know, a lame big brother. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I gotta mention, you know, another show that I really love, Haven, which is this is their last season, but it came back um, for their last season, the night. After Supernatural's premiere, and it it like Supernatural had a two part opener, which the second part was this week, and a big thing in these in these episodes was the darkness. Well, and apparently I don't watch the Flash, but apparently the Flash has a darkness as well. And I, oh, okay. The good thing about the Haven darkness, I don't know if you two. I, I know you two don't watch Haven, so mm. but on Haven, people get afflicted with the troubles and the troubles are basically powers that are bad. And but the darkness on this was this one, this guy had this power that could make everything dark. And even when it turned night, no matter what, no matter where you were, when it was dark, 
you would die. Boom, you just turn into a skeleton. So at, by the end of the second episode, they had already, they cured that guy of his darkness trouble. So, But it, it just amused me that my two favorite shows, their two-part two season premieres dealt with the darkness. Um, and going into that as well, like I don't watch Haven, but you kind of said it too. Um, again, we get Smart Sam, which I like in this. And I know that obviously, you know, being able to cure the darkness doesn't mean much. But I do feel like it's odd for us to have an answer in the second episode. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's 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 it's. It's putting a Band-Aid on it because, you know, they have no time frame to go on in terms of how quickly the darkness kills somebody. And they can't get to everybody. I doubt that's the only weapon in her arsenal as well. I mean, that's why we got an answer so quick. It's like, well, we'll get an answer for this and she'll just change. She'll just change the Lord, I hope so because I already watch a zombie show. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But um, I watch, I watch too. I Zombie. If you're not watching I Zombie, watch it. Very good show. On the CW Tuesday nights nine o'clock. I will probably not watch I Zombie, but anybody else out there who chooses to watch I Zombie, Becky says it's good. If you're a Veronica mm-hmm. Mars fan and you would like I Zombie, because it's made by the same people. Right. My one and only zombie show is The Walking Dead. Same. Which I adore. Yeah. I'm actually not really a zombie person, so The Walking Dead is more like a soap opera to me that happens to have zombies, but... I know the zombies zombies are, like, the least part of it for me. I think they... I don't think they're that scary. I'm sure I'd be scared if I was, like, there with them, but but on the show, they're like, they wander around and they gargle and, you know, you can kind of direct them and like whatever. I like what they make everybody else on the show do or don't do or react or act. I like what they've done. And that's what I like about it. I like the characters and everything happening and the zombies are just happen to be there. <laughs> so well, I always I think zombie. of The Walking Dead as very much like, like Buffy that yes, it was, everything yeah. was an analogy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It wasn't really the monster. Zombie. The big monster was high school. <laughs> you know, it was like everything that happened to you in high school and the relationships and all that. Yes, yeah, it's very similar. I, Zombie, and Walking Dead are nothing alike. Completely into No, I'm sure they're not. I, Zombie, <laughs> based off a comic book. Well, so was yeah, Walking yeah. Dead, actually. And so was The Walking <laughs> oh, Dead. That's true. That's well, true. I was, I was going to say, I was going to be snobby. Hold on. I was going to be that weird snob who differentiates between a comic book and a graphic novel. <laughs> I was going to be that person, but I'm uh, not going to no. be that person. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be that person. <laughs> graphic novels are not- made up a bunch of comic books, <laughs> like a year's worth. Because, <laughs> you know, I watch a lot of TV. And so the other day I was just sitting around just thinking, okay, if I had to name my five top favorite currently airing shows, um, and I include um, shows that only air in the summertime, if if they're not canceled, they're currently airing. And it was Supernatural Haven, Orphan Black, Doctor Who, and iZombie. So that's how much I like iZombie. Hmm. 
you know, I just say too much TV, not enough time. There's so much out there that I wish I could get to, but I can't right now. So maybe later. I make no My effort to I make no effort to watch TV. The running joke, because Becky and I are such close friends, is that she watches all the TV so I don't have to. It's <laughs> um, true. <laughs> I'm just not a heavy TV watcher. <laughs> um, and whereas I watch all the TV. I watch it all. <laughs> kind of in the middle. <laughs> I have, like, DVDs I've never even opened, you know, so. Don't tell yeah. Becky, but oh, well. that's how, that's, Veronica Mars is still in the shrink wrap. I know that. I know. Because if you'd watched the first episode, you would have been hooked and I would have heard about it. So I knew they were still. Yes. Watch, (laughs) watch. Veronica Mars. Watch. It's the best. It's like the best first season of a TV show ever. One of the very best. Just amazing. It truly, truly is. If you don't even watch the rest of them, just watch the first. Yeah. There's There's only three seasons. But, yeah. Three seasons and a movie. And I liked the movie. Yeah. I did I already filed my nails because, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yes, in terms of episodes, overall, improvement from last episode for me. Um, mm-hmm. Going into it, I actually didn't watch the episode until yesterday, last night, for the first time. Uh, because the opener left me so cold that I didn't even feel like I wanted to come back. So this was an improvement for me. Um, We'll see how next week is. The first episode for me, I was like, eh, not great, not bad. I'm just, eh. And the second episode I thought was really, really good. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to the next episode, which is directed by Jensen. That's right. And then, of course, the episode uh, after that, the one all about baby. I can't wait for that one. I can't wait. You you know how much I love her. <laughs> You know, you know how much I love her, and she, she's, she and Bean are my OTP. I can't wait. <laughs> Me too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'll stay, I'll stay quiet. <laughs> I, I know your feelings there too. So <laughs> I'm trying to keep an open mind about it. I really am, but. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. As we're winding down, I want to real quick remind everybody we are doing the Team Levi promotions. Um, we have got auctions. Um, there's some this week's auctions in tomorrow. Check them out. You can find the links on our website, Twitter, Facebook, our eBay ID is WinchesterBros.com. No dot, just WinchesterBros.com. Um, some really good stuff there. Um, items signed by Jared, Jensen, Misha, Mark. Really cool stuff. And then tomorrow I'll be posting some more, some new items. Um, 
Our auctions, we're running them through until November 1st because that's when the Buddy Walk is. So just check them out. You can also donate directly to Team Levi, and we've got the link for that on our website over on the right. And it's also posted in every eBay auction. There's a link you can go directly to donate. And then we also have a T-shirt from Tee Public that was designed by Archie Denise on Twitter. She's really, really awesome. And proceeds from that as well go to Team Levi and the Down Syndrome Guild of Dallas. So check them out. Lots of great ways to donate to a very worthy cause. Um, we have a caller. Hey, something, something. Somebody just spurred somebody to give us a call, so I'm going to put them on the air. Hi, caller. You're on. You're on the air. Hello. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. 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 This is this is Susan from Pennsylvania. Hi, Susan. Oh, this is Susan from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had um. I had a question. Uh, you guys were talking about, um, you know, Castiel's attack dog spell, and when they have the Crowley, you know, the torture crown on his head. Um, I remember back in one of the older episodes, I think it was season six, when Crowley had one of his minions torturing Samandriel or Alfie, and mm-hmm. he, when no one was in the room, he was able to push that one of the um, pins out of his head and contact Naomi. And um, so I, I, yeah. So I, I, I don't know if he did that, you know, just by force of will. He had to really concentrate. But yeah, Castiel did the same thing. But it seemed like his came out more out of, like you said, out of emotion or or desperation to save Hannah. But um, I, 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 I do I remember that now that you're saying that. I had forgotten yeah. that. I had forgotten mm-hmm. that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm I'm a little confused about this whole attack dog spell because it seems like he can control it even though he keeps saying he can't control it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was wondering about that as well. I don't know if it takes so much out of him to control it that mm-hmm. he exhausts himself and then mm-hmm. can't. Um, I mean, he had the <laughs> presence of mind to go to the one place where he has friends. Mm-hmm. Uh it's sort of weird in a way because yeah. I get that he's I get that he needs to be cured or helped, but why are you leading people or angels to the one place where you're trying to not tell them who those two people are? Okay, like you yeah. won't tell them where the Winchesters are, so you're going to lead them to the Winchesters. Good plan, Cass. Good plan. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, supposedly the the um, bunker is impenetrable, but we've seen you know. Gadriel rolling whenever he wants to. Yeah, I know. So it's a parade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, really, I try to be really yeah. chill about that too. Yeah. It drives yeah. me nuts that everybody can come and go as they please. Yeah. And another thing that they changed, um, the ring of holy fire went out when the people were cured, and up until now, any time they had that ring of holy fire, it never goes out. Yeah, I thought thought about that, too, yeah. I thought about that. I assumed it was the, or I'm assuming that Mm -hmm. it was because every time we've seen somebody, something that it's encasing an angel, Mm -hmm. and so it keeps burning. It keeps burning because Mm -hmm. it's not a human. But this is, once it's burnt out the darkness, then it feels like its job is done. 
Okay. I've always kind of felt like the holy oil was fairly, was kind of sentient. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of went with that because at first I was kind of like, wait a minute, it doesn't not supposed to go out. Mm-hmm. But um, since we don't really have a precedent mm-hmm. for it to do something in this uh, scenario, mm-hmm. I guess I kind of let it go. Yeah, well, and that makes sense because you're right. Up until now, it, it has only been used on angels. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that for now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when when Billy said, you know, that Sam was unclean in the biblical sense, did that have more to do with the darkness or to do with the? I'm not. And that's one of the things we were kind of batting around because yeah. I don't feel like that was... I feel like there was a lot of little things in this episode that were just not clear. hmm Yeah. And, and another thing was Sam was talking to Bite Me about the time frame, and I understand that everyone's different. I also wondered if um, maybe the reason why Sam was so slow is because he's a vessel, and I thought maybe the other people who changed slower were possible vessels too. I don't know. They'll probably maybe I'm I'm giving way too much thought into this. No, because I I would buy that because I'm I'm trying to think back to like you know Jer- Jared did say, and it was during the time of filming this episode where he said or he tweeted, "Does Sam still have the demon blood? I have my I I have my theory. What's yours?" And everybody oh, okay. kind of spat their theories out at him. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know if the time that it takes it is because certain people's bodies are special. Because mm-hmm. at first, before, I keep calling him Bite Me because that was his name. <laughs> <laughs> before Bite Me says, I don't know why, I keep seeing some people drop fast, some people last for, you know, however long. Mm-hmm. Originally, I thought it was going to be because of Demon Blood or because him being Lucifer's vessel specifically. Before he said that, I thought it was going to be just Sam that was reacting slower. Okay, but yeah. we know we know we know it's not just Sam. So the only other real technical explanation would be vessels versus non-vessels. But okay. I I would have to go back and think about it. Isn't everybody a potential vessel based on like maybe not a specific mm-hmm. vessel? Because like with Sam. He was Lucifer's ideal vessel, but Gadriel was able to possess him just because Sam had said yes at any point. Well, we found out in season nine, though, that not all humans are viable vessels because when oh, that's right, um, they exploded. Yeah, Bartholomew let one go in, and the girl exploded. You know, so I have to admit that I have forgotten a lot about what happened around Bartholomew. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I, I completely forget that the character existed a lot. I have to think about it like who? Oh yeah. Yeah. I I so, really yeah. miss the days. I really miss the days of the angels that were memorable, you know, season four and five, their angels were phenomenal. <laughs> and now I mean, even though Ephraim and Jonah were kind of amusing you know, I mean the part mm-hmm. where the one part that struck me is when the phone rang and the angel said Dean, and the other one said as in Winchester, and he's like probably, and I'm like seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not the most common name anyway. Like has like I don't know four friends named Dean. Of course he does. Doesn't yeah. everybody? 
Yeah, and along that same line, if the angel complained about a vessel with psoriasis, don't angels have the ability to cure that? That part just really kind of (laughs) pulled me out because I know it was meant to be a joke, but I don't know. That just, I didn't buy that. Yeah, and that's one of the things we can say, you know, when you said memorable angels, we talked about like Hannah losing an angel that was actually for us, that we enjoyed Mm -hmm. and was memorable, and losing her. Yeah, well, it was she's the only Mm -hmm. one in a very long time, though. You know, it's been a couple of years. I mean, they, I mean, all the other angels, I mean, we could name them all, you know, Uriel and, and, um, uh, Zachariah, and I mean, they were just all so dynamic and great actors, but it seems like all the angels that they cast now, they're just, they're, they're like, you know, stunt demon number one, you know, stunt angel number two. You know, they just, they're, they're not good characters, they're not well developed, but Hannah is the only one really, in recent years, you know, even Malachi and Bartholomew and all of them, even they were forgettable, you know? I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah. But, um, let's see, there's something else I wanted to say. Um, oh, yeah, and I also love the part when Castiel, when they were, tor- not when they didn't love the part, but they were torturing him, but... Um, they did have some funny lines when um, Castiel said the Metatron tricked me, and one of them, I don't know which one it was, um, Ephraim or, or Jonah, they said, so you're just stupid. <laughs> I don't know why, but that, that, I thought that those two angels were actually very amusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, we appreciate your calling. You brought up some great mm-hmm. points and, and reminding us of stuff uh, um, Susan, thanks for talking, but we're just about at the end of our live on air time here. So, okay, um, well, thanks for letting me call in. Okay, thank you for so calling. Call back again. Call back okay, again. Call back okay. earlier next time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you had some good points there, so call back earlier. Um, and thank you for calling and listening. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Um, before we go, I want to mention next week, um, the first half of our podcast, we're going to have a special guest, uh, Jim Beaver and Billy McNiven, uh, who is, uh, of course, Bobby and Anna on the show. They're going to be on our podcast promoting their new web series, Eternity. So that will be our first half of the podcast, and the second half we'll be discussing this week's episode. Yep. Um, is that it? We've- We've done all our updates, news, everything. We're good, and we are we are basically out of time. So I think we've done everything. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, yep. Okay. Thanks to everybody listening. We appreciate it, and we'll see you next week. And bye. Good night. Bye. Bye, everybody. Yep. We'll let the boys uh, talk us out. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio.